All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Allentown Presents. We are in our Spotlight series. It is still January. Somehow, I don't feel like that's right, but sure. Uh, (laughs) And we are still working our way through Muppet movies. Now, for today's episode, we kind of switched it up. We are not doing anything that is the original Muppets, like the Muppets, specifically, you know, Kermit, Piggy, the whole gang that we've been doing all month. Uh, Today, we are talking about another Jim Henson Muppet Factory production known as The Labyrinth from 1986, starring Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. Yay. Now, if somehow you are listening to this podcast and you haven't seen the movie Labyrinth. Stop now. Stop and go watch this movie because when we describe it, It's not going to make any sense because it's literally about a maze and you're going to be fucking confused if you haven't seen this movie already. (laughs) You're going to be confused if you have seen it. (laughs) Yeah, even if you've seen it and if it's been a while, you're going to be confused because there's so much shit that happens. You're just going to be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So stop, take a break, go watch the movie Labyrinth and then come back, listen to our episode where we talk about it and yeah, it's it's fantastic and also a whole fucking lot. So, it sure is. <laughs> we're going to jump right into it. This movie starts with 16-year-old Sarah. Not the Sarah on our podcast, just the character named Sarah. And yeah, she spells it wrong, so it's definitely yeah, not she me. has an H. H's are ill. <laughs> H's are ill. <laughs> uh, but she is in the park with her dog and she is practicing what seems to be a play and she's reciting lines over and over and she keeps forgetting this one she's like practicing a speech and she keeps forgetting this one part and she says fuck why do i always forget this part basically and then it starts to rain and she's like fuck we gotta go so she runs back home and she gets home and changes and then her mom tells her that her mom and dad are going to go out on a date or to a party or some bullshit. And she has to watch her little brother, Toby, who is under two years old, infant. And 16-year-old Sarah is like, the fuck, mom? I don't want to do this. You never ask me if I have plans. You just expect me to do it. I don't want to do this. This is bullshit. Um. And the mom gets upset because she feels like she's always being treated like the evil stepmom because she kind of is in this instance. (laughs) We're meant to side with Sarah, though, watching this as an adult, I'm like, suck it up, bitch. Like, yeah, she's whiny. (laughs) She is really whiny at the beginning of this movie. And as a kid, I totally sided with her. Like, I don't want to be stuck watching my little brother. Like, I want to go do whatever I want to do. But as an adult, I'm like, bitch, just shut up and watch your fucking kid brother like he's a baby (laughs) literally just had to like set him down it's a set it and forget it situation put him in the (laughs) walk away you're good to go like (laughs) the night pick him up calm him down put him back in the bed you're good like why you complain aren't home you have a television you have a whole house you can play with makeup like right you do whatever you want (laughs) practice your fucking lines you're fine labyrinth play that you're been working on and can't ever remember like practice that fucking scene while your brother's sleeping i don't know but she throws a fucking bitch fit about it and it's stupid she goes up to her room after her parents leave and toby is in his bed and he starts to cry 
and she's like god fucking damn it toby like i hate you and she goes and kind of attempts to calm him down and he just keeps crying but with through si- it. shaking baby syndrome like she's like jumping up and down like why won't you stop crying it's like well maybe yeah. if you were actually soothing yeah she's like <laughs> trying to she's not really trying to calm him down and getting upset that he's not calming down which good for that little baby because i wouldn't have calmed down either like bitch put me down (laughs) like just get me a bottle and go away right (laughs) but she gets so upset that she starts she keeps stopping and starting this phrase um like i hate you toby i you know i don't want you to be here i don't i don't want this i don't want that and it pans to her bedroom mirror or one of the mirrors in the house that has goblins inside of it who are watching her and they're just waiting they're hoping please say it just say the right words is she gonna say the right words when is she gonna say the right words all you got to do is say the right words and one of them's like just say i wish toby was gone or wasn't here anymore or i wish you would just go away i wish you would go away right now yeah i wish the goblins would take you away right now yeah. That's all she has to say. And one of the goblins like puts that out into the universe and Sarah's brain like snatches it up and she says <laughs> it out loud and she storms out of the room. And then Toby stops crying and she turns around and realizes that's fucking weird. Babies don't just stop crying. And she goes back to like, the room. Completely silent. Not just that he stopped crying. It was like yeah. an instantaneous ah! Yeah. And she goes back to the room and guess what? Toby's gone. (gasps) Shocking, right? Yeah. Shocked, I tell you. (laughs) Um, An owl appears at her door or at her window as she's freaking out and transforms into the wizard or the goblin king, Jareth, played by David Bowie in what has has become one of the best cosplay costumes that exists in the world (laughs) (laughs) it's this like androgynous masterpiece yes it's like a like a prince he looks like a prince and also like prince because it's all purple it's Mm -hmm. beautiful and the eye makeup is just like it's he looks like a drag queen but he's also clearly like accentuating the fact that he's a male because the cod piece is just absurd <laughs> like yeah it's insane anyways david bowie goblin king says i've taken your brother because you told me to uh <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> and then she's like oh no 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 like i just said that out of anger i wasn't being serious like i want my brother back please give him back all this she tries to bargain with the king and he's like nah he's mine now like you know you gotta come find him in the labyrinth like you come meet me in my world and i'll be in the labyrinth in my cast or i'll be in my castle in the center of the labyrinth you gotta find me come through and they magically like from the balcony of her parents room they end up in the fucking world and are at the edge of his labyrinth and he le- he basically is like you have 13 hours go and he just disappears into the castle yeah right after telling her like here's your two choices you asked me to take this screaming tantrum fit out of your life and i did so either 
I keep him and you get this fancy little crystal ball that shows you your dreams or you have 13 hours to figure out this son of a bitch and come find me. Yeah. If you don't find him in 13 hours, we don't find us in the middle in the castle in 13 hours. I get to keep your brother forever and I turn him into a goblin. So (laughs) good luck. (laughs) Like it's a lot of fucking pressure for a 16 year old. Sure is. So she's at the outside of the labyrinth and she doesn't know how to get in because it's a labyrinth and it's everything in this fucking movie is a trick. (laughs) Yep. So she meets Hoggle, who is a half goblin, half dwarf creature. And she convinces him to open up the door to the labyrinth for her. She gets into the labyrinth and he shuts her in, like shuts the door behind her and is like, good luck. (laughs) And then she just starts walking. She gets overwhelmed. She doesn't know which way to go, but she just starts walking. And as she's walking and then she gets into a sprint, she's running. She realizes there are no turns in this entire labyrinth. It's just a straight, like it's just a corridor of a maze and there's no turns. So she stops And she's looking around and getting discouraged. And she meets the cutest character in this entire film, a tiny worm. Yep. (laughs) And the little worm is like, uh, of course there's fucking like twists and turns. You just have to look for it. Like open your eyes, bitch. There's one right behind you. (laughs) So she turns around and realizes that all of the turns that would be in the maze are all optical illusions and they're hidden like they just look like the rest of the wall so she goes into the first thing and the worm warns her don't go don't go left go right like you want to go right and she's like oh okay go right and then she leaves and the worm's like if she would have gone left she would have gone straight to the fucking castle like that's a mistake because everyone in the labyrinth knows that the goblin king is not anyone to be fucked with so don't go to the castle except that's where she needed to go so clearly she's on a path of very long maze running yeah thanks little worm yeah thanks worm like well i mean it's also sarah's fault like you could have just stayed and chatted with the worm for like a couple more seconds and like figured out what happens if you go left like why not go left she didn't ask any questions she was like all right dude bye yeah yeah don't go that way go the other way oh well okay thank you that's good (laughs) right she didn't even know if that worm was nice like that worm right. could have been just like I'm gonna throw you into a bog. Like, thank bitch. you, creature. <laughs> I will follow your slithery advice. Yeah, just because he's cute doesn't mean that it's nice. So she's making her way through this maze um, and getting fucked along the way by all the creatures within the maze that the Goblin King has sent to deter her from making it to his castle on time. She meets different creatures where she has to do um she has to solve riddles to get through doors she has to defeat different creatures to get through doors and she makes friends along the way um hoggle she ends up meeting up with hoggle again because somehow he's within the maze even though he was on the outside i don't know he's fucking magic yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh they become friends she like tricks him She forces him to help her through the maze. And then along the way, they become friends. And Jareth is like, no, bitch, you're part goblin. Like, you have to do what I say. 
and they get stuck in this corridor with this spinning just the horrible contraption thing that's going to kill them. <laughs> yep. But they make it through a door and make it safe and then they end up with this lady this like junkyard woman who's like trying to sell things to Sarah but they're all things that are from Sarah's like room. It's like all Sarah's belongings already. It's fucking weird. <laughs> And they get okay, she walked that. out of her room. She that lady's just like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Then they end up in this like courtyard area, and this weird king thing is like, yeah, sure, I'll help you, and sends them on the right path to go to these doors that are guarded by these guards, these like four guards that are all twins. It's fucking weird. This one is weird. <laughs> Like, you just have to suspend belief a little bit and just... A lot of it. A lot of it. Just, like, (laughs) it sounds crazy when I'm saying it. It's enjoyable when you're watching it. I promise you, I'm just butchering it because there's no way to accurately describe the insanity that is these puppets. (laughs) Yep. It's like looking at a playing card where one is up and one is down. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And each one of the guards has like a riddle or they say a riddle that Sarah has to solve and figure out um, which door to go in, go into. Um, And she goes through that one. Then she hits another door that has like knockers on it that she also has to solve another riddle to get through. And she meets her friend um, Ludo I love Ludo. He's being <laughs> attacked. Like Ludo is this big giant, like abominable snowman looking dude. And he's being attacked by these goblins. And Sarah scares off the goblins and saves Ludo. And Ludo is just like the biggest sweetheart. He reminds me a lot of Sully from Monsters Inc. Yes. And he's like, if Sully. And the Rancor from Return of the Jedi had a baby. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, nice. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Ludo is just a sweetheart. He's like uh, Sarah, Ludo's friend. Like he has, he can barely talk, but they become friends and he comes along the journey. Then they go through the doors or go through some more doors and they end up at what is it the bog of perpetual stink eternal yep. eternal stink that's what it is the bog of eternal stink yep. and basically it's just a shitty bog that you don't want to end up stuck in because you'll smell forever and it smells horrible i imagine it i know i have always imagined it just like rotting eggs um because that's the worst smell to me that exists but yep. Who knows what that bog actually was supposed to smell like. It's like rotten hard-boiled egg yolks mixed with dog farts. Yeah, that. <laughs> all I can think of. Just and, and like musty, musty swampiness on top of it. Yeah. It like yeah. makes you sweat. Just yeah. smelling it. No, yeah. Gross. No, Gross. No. Nightmare mm-hmm. fuel. So they end up at this bog and they have to cross this bridge to get to the other side of the bog so they can continue on their journey. But the bridge is being guarded by uh, Sir Didymus, who (laughs) is like this. Oh, Sir Didymus. He is like, he's very serious about his job, about guarding 
um, guarding the bridge, making sure nobody crosses it. And, but he's very dumb. Like he's a, I mean, he's a puppet. So yeah, but he's just very aloof. His character is very aloof. And he says, no one has ever, you can't, no one's ever crossed this bridge without my permission. And he goes in this big long rant about people who can't cross this bridge or why you can't cross this bridge or whatever. And Sarah's like, well, do we have your, can we have your permission? And she just asked him flat out. And he's like, oh, damn. Like, no one's ever asked me that before. Uh, sure. Like, you can have my permission. And then they try to cross the bridge and it collapses because it's an old as fuck bridge. But uh, Jennifer Connelly makes it out or makes it across the bridge without getting into the bog at all. Because she like grabs onto a tree branch or some shit. And I don't know how everyone else got across the bridge. I cannot remember. But somehow they did. They all end up on the other side of the bridge with her. Uh, and they head towards the castle. Oh, uh, it's because Ludo does his raw thing for all the rocks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Rocks. That's what it was. <laughs> I like couldn't. I like blacked out for a second same i sat there i was like wait what the fuck yeah no kidding there was nothing there what happened so ludo has this really cool roar thing that he does and it controls these rocks kind of like the trolls from frozen and they just come rolling from every direction to come help him um they never pop out into actual trolls they're just fucking rocks that have the ability to control which direction they roll in and they form this bridge and everybody crosses it and they go on their way um, they get to a town, like a, the little village outside of the castle, and are trying to go up towards the castle, but it switches to Jareth talking to his other god or talking to Toby, and he's just like hanging out, chatting with the baby about what's going to happen. And another goblin runs up and is like, Master Jareth, Master Jareth, like they've made it to the city gates or they made it to the city. Like, what are we going to do? She's coming here. She has all these people with her. And um, Jareth says, okay, well, send out the entire goblin army, everybody. So all of the goblin army makes their way and they have this seat. They try to have this like fight in the city against Sarah and Hoggle and Sir Didymus and um, Ludo. There's only like four of them against an entire goblin army. And really how they defeat them in this instance is mostly just running away and hiding because the goblins are not smart at all. And Sarah's just like, okay, run over here and wait till the goblins all run past. And then now we're gonna run this direction. So they mostly get away with that until they get cornered and everyone's just like, well, fuck, we're like stuck in this house. We can't do anything. Ludo goes to the roof and he yells. He does his little growl thing and tons and tons of rocks come and all the rocks just fucking roll over all these goblin puppets and destroy them and defeat the goblin army and... The group is allowed to go up and follow the path that leads directly to the castle doors. They make it to the cast inside the castle entrance and everyone's excited like, okay, let's go. Let's go find your brother. Let's go uh, get Jareth. Let's do the whole thing. And 
Sarah is like, this part I have to do alone. Like you guys have to stay here. I've got to do it alone. Um, Cause she's remembering throughout this movie, she's remembering the parts from her play or the book she was reading, which is the story of the labyrinth. Basically she's in the final, she's in the end game of this book. Like I made it to the castle. Now I have to defeat the goblin King so that I can get my brother back. Like I can't have the help of you guys. And her friends are just like, disappointed but understand and they're like it's okay like if you need us just call for us we're here for you we're your friend you know they reassure her that they're her friends and then she leaves she runs up a corridor and through a through a doorway and ends up in the mc escher painting (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot yeah. called relativity the um known mostly known as the stairs the stair the painting stairs. like you've all seen it oh, uh, oh yeah it's just a whole bunch of doorways leading to a whole bunch of different staircases that lead to other doorways and it's like you can't go up one set of stairs like and get to a certain door it's like it's really complicated but you've definitely seen it think of like the stairs from harry potter but like on crack like some are going up, some are going down, some are going up and sideways and like, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. Sarah's running through this maze and she can see Toby. Like Jareth keeps putting Toby in different places in this maze. He's like crawling up and down the stairs and through these doorways. And Sarah- If, you, keeps- if you're a mother watching this scene will give you anxiety because- oh, I'm, Yeah, I was getting anxiety too. <laughs> Every yeah, time- I- not me literally sitting there like his ass is going down like right now (laughs) yeah every time that baby every time toby got on the edge of like one of the staircases i was like oh my fucking god no (laughs) danger meanwhile not in a maternal bone in my body i'm like okay (laughs) go that way see what happens (laughs) oh man um but she is running up and down these staircases trying to reach toby and of course she can't because jareth is fucking with where everything is and how everything looks and where toby is on the staircases and where she is because it's maze and he's the goblin king this is literally what he does <laughs> sarah gets tired of running and realizes that she's as close to toby as she's been And she's at the bottom. She reaches the bottom of a staircase um, that is leading downwards. And Toby is like two floors down at the top of another staircase. And there's no way for her to reach him. And the only way she can figure out how to reach him is to jump. So she says, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care what happens to me. All I care is that my brother is safe. And she just fucking goes for it. And she takes a leap of faith and jumps. When she jumps, this destroys the MC Etcher fucking staircase illusion. And it like breaks apart in fabulous like 80s CGI puzzle pieces. Oh yeah. (laughs) And she gets down to Toby and Toby transforms into Jareth because it wasn't ever Toby a fucking course and jareth (laughs) is like okay well you've made it to me so here's what it is you could have your brother back i guess or you could have everything you've ever wanted and he like shows her this elaborate ballroom scene with her as a princess and like all these things and she's just like nah bitch i want my brother back 
And he keeps trying to use his Goblin King charm on her and convince her, no, you want this. This is your wildest dreams. This is what you've always wanted. And she's just like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. And she realizes she has to say the passage from the end of the book that gets the princess in the book out of the clutches of the Goblin King. So she starts to say it and she's doing really well. And then she gets to the point that she always forgets. And David Bowie is like, oh, shit, this is my chance. Like, you fucked up. Okay. Like, princess? Like, you could be a princess. Look at look, look at this. Let me dangle princess right in front of you. Like, maybe <laughs> if I just keep dangling right here where you can't remember this speech, then I'll win and it'll be fine. And I'll take Toby and I'll get him as a goblin. And finally, something ha- she like snaps. And she remembers what she's supposed to say. And she's basically like, the Goblin King has no control over me. You don't, you don't control me. I'm not afraid of you. You know, it's very common in, in fantasy stuff. Like, I don't believe in you. You have no control over me anymore. And then it just snaps. The illusion snaps. And Jareth is gone. She's back in her room. And... The clock is striking midnight, which is when her parents said she was going to be home. And she wakes up as if everything was a dream. And she's freaking out because this has already happened a couple of times throughout the maze. And she's like, fuck, like, did I complete it? Like, did I beat Jareth? What happened? Where the fuck is Toby? And she runs to her parents' bedroom and she sees that Toby is there sleeping in his crib. And she is like, Holy fuck, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And then her parents come in the door and are like, Sarah, are you here? Blah, blah, blah. Like, where the fuck else would she be? It's midnight. You told her to watch her brother. Like, yeah, but she was all mouthing off. She could have run away, you know, Who, who knows? I mean, I guess, but then there'd just be like a baby in that house all alone. Like, if that was even a remote possibility, I would have never left that house. <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, she's enough to run. There's a tiny baby in this house. Yeah, if there if there was a chance, if if like if my kids, if I told my older kid to watch my younger kid, and my older kid was like, I don't want to fucking do this, and I had the smallest inkling, like, ah, oh, this kid might run away rather than actually watch their sibling, I wouldn't have fucking left. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like clearly all. your kid's there. Like, maybe the better question is, Sarah, are you awake? Because it's yeah, fucking right. midnight. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. That was the proper question. Not are you here, but are you awake? Because it's late as fuck. Anyways, she reunites with her parents. She's like, yeah, I'm here. Everything's good. It's great, mom. Like, um, I'm out. And she goes back to her room and she's remembering all the things that happen. And she is looking in her mirror and she's taking down all of these things because Sarah, as we've learned from this whole movie or from the beginning of this movie really she is like a super duper nerdy fangirl yeah. for this labyrinth story um she has decor all over her room of the different characters within this story she's got like tiny gnomes and little goblin things she's got a jareth like statuette next to her mirror yeah. she's got like pictures and things of all the different areas of the labyrinth it's like insane um and she goes up back up to her room after talking to her parents and she's starting to take all these things down. She's like, nope, I've lived it. 
Like, I don't, I don't want to see this shit ever again. I'm done. And she's yeah. taking everything down. And in the reflection of her mirror, she sees Hoggle. And Hoggle is talking to her like, we're going to miss you. Remember, we're, we're always going to be your friends. And she turns around in her room and notices there's no Hoggle. And then she gets sad about it because, of course, they were friends. And she looks back at her mirror and slowly but surely all of the main friends that she meets talk to her through her mirror and are like, you will always be friends, Sarah, if you need us, just call us. The same thing she said at the end of the labyrinth when she got when they got to the castle. And she's like, well, of course, I'm going to need you, you know, maybe not right now or maybe not all the time, but there are going to be times in my life when I definitely need you. And then she turns around and with a the characters are like, are you sure? Uh, are you sure about that? Are you sure you're going to need us? And she's like, hell yeah, I'm going to need you. And then she turns around and poof, all of the characters from the fucking labyrinth are in her bedroom. <laughs> and they have like a celebration that they're still friends. And the end. That's how the okay. movie. That's it. <laughs> it is complex. Going through mazes is tough. And explaining how someone else went through a maze is very tough. <laughs> congrats well, to all the writers out there who write stories about mazes because i would get fucking confused if i tried to write a story about a maze right have i already been this way what happened which way right? did I wait did we meet this character or was that just in my head like i can't <laughs> i know i was supposed to but did i actually make that turn hmm yeah <laughs> That, I feel like that's every adventure story, though, when you're like, yeah, you know, we're going on a fetch quest to do blah de blah de blah Like, okay, what was the order? Like, yeah. Where, where did we meet this one person? <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> okay. It's a great movie, though. Oh. So, some fun facts about this movie. Um, this movie was loosely based on uh, Outside Over There which is a children's picture book written and illustrated by Maurice Sindak in 1981. Um, Throughout this movie, there are a couple of like random callbacks to where the wild things are. Some of uh, one of Maurice Sindak's most famous works. Um, The actual book where the wild things are is seen in Sarah's bedroom. um, And the character of Ludo is basically one of the wild things like, he walks on two feet. He's huge and hairy. He's got horns. He's a gentle giant, which is just like all the characters in Where the Wild Things Are. Um, the outside over there was actually meant as part of a, to be part of a trilogy that Sindak made um, with Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, the third book is In the Night Kitchen, and it's like a, it's a loose trilogy. Like they're not exactly tied all together, but it's his three stories that are like of dreamlike sequences um and the story of outside over there which labyrinth is based on follows a young girl named ida who must enter a fantastical world described as outside over there to find her baby sister who's been spirited away by some goblins so like the labyrinth yep um since we're talking about books there is now a trilogy of comic books by Simon Spurrier um, called Labyrinth Coronation. And it's Ooh. the story of how Jareth got to be the Goblin King. And it's freaking fantastic. Oh my I'm God. So, do you have yeah. it? I have book one and I've been trying to find book two. Like 
I should just buy it online, but I've been trying to just like, you know, bookstore shop and be like, Ooh, is it going to be here? Cause I want that like moment of like, yeah, I found it, but yeah. I should just give in and, and buy it online. <laughs> yeah. It's a comic book. You said, yes. You should order well, it from the uh... graphic novel. Okay. Graphic novel. Can you yeah. order it from like one of the local comic book shops? Probably. I got the first volume at a local heroes here locally, so I'm sure yeah. I could. They yeah. also have a, you know, side story. They also have a, a dark crystal one. So. That's Ooh. fucking cool. Anyway, and just, uh, yeah. when when you're done, I'm going to need to borrow those. <laughs> yep. Sounds great. <laughs> we'll start yeah. a sign-up list. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the owl in the title sequence and the one that is shown throughout the movie to be Jareth, um, his transformation owl, is computer generated of course if you watch this nowadays like it's very clearly computer generated because it doesn't quite fit into the world because it was the 80s like okay um but this is actually the first attempt at photorealistic cgi of an animal character in a feature film yeah so like long before the remake of lion king and all of this other bullshit like we had (laughs) the labyrinth where they made this real (laughs) photorealistic owl placed in this regular world and it's fucking cool um jareth has these crystal balls he like gives one to sarah so she can like see her dreams or whatever but throughout the movie he's like playing with these crystal balls in his hand and it's very similar like i've seen a lot of people do it with a really small not really small, but I guess those smaller balls. Um, oh, they're like zen balls. Yeah. Yeah. Those like weighted zen balls that like are supposed to calm you down. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So in this film, Jareth does this with these giant crystal balls, which are like the size of, I couldn't even tell you what. Probably an a orange. baseball or an yeah, orange. Yeah, a baseball and ball. orange. They're like big balls. And he's, yeah flipping them like two or three of them in his hand at a time so that is actually not david bowie doing it it's a um one of the choreographers for the film named michael motion he was an accomplished juggler and he was crouched behind david bowie the entire time with his hands like raised up and doing it yeah it could be on film but he's doing it completely blind because david bowie is standing in front of him he can't see so that shit's fucking insane and wow. good on that guy. Like, I'm yep. impressed. Uh, must, must acquire a new skill tree now. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, all, at the end of the movie, Sarah is tearing down all of her different characters and things that re- relate to the book and putting them away. Um, you can see these things throughout the entire movie at the beginning of the movie when she walks into her room. So it's nowadays it would be like an Easter egg, but they're not really Easter eggs because she's obsessed. So it's like (laughs) walking into someone's room who's obsessed with like Superman and all the walls are covered in Superman. And then, hey, guess what? They got sucked into Superman world. Like, okay, like that makes sense. Maybe oh, it was yeah. just a dream that they had because they were looking at all their fucking toys and then they fell asleep and had this dream about a Superman comic they read. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's all sorts of stuff, you know, ho- there's Hoggle bookends, there's a scrapbook shown that's got like newspaper clippings of her stepmom with a famous person 
i.e. David Bowie, not dressed as Jareth, just David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> so all of these things that happen in this like fantasy sequence of the labyrinth are all related to things in her room. So it could have been a dream. We don't know. <laughs> yep. Um, the first draft of the script was actually written by Monty Python member Terry Jones. Yeah. And Ooh. so he wrote it and then they took it to Jim Henson's thing and they like tore it up. Basically, they had to change it around a bunch and they to add in like the puppets and these different ideas for the way they made it through the maze, like with the puppets. And at the end of it, Jim Henson was like, okay, but now it's kind of lost like its funniness that was in there because of the Monty Python guy. Like, so he took it back to Terry Jones was like, can you add in like some more funny stuff now that we've kind of fixed the storyline problems in like that we wanted to put in before. So yeah. Terry Jones like fixed it, but it was a mess and he didn't really enjoy fixing it. It seemed. Yeah. Okay. In the beginning of the iconic dance magic dance scene toby is seen crying while surrounded by a ton of goblins um the kid was actually not afraid of the goblins like he didn't actually give a shit that baby did not care um (laughs) so they had to wait until the end until they had filmed the entire scene and that kid was just fucking exhausted to get him to cry before they felt like after they finished filming the rest of it. So they like waited until he was just exhausted so they could get that genuine cry on screen of him just like (laughs) being carried around by Jareth and all these different things. They had to like fuck that kid up with his nap schedule. And not only did they do that, but they pushed it to the point where he wouldn't stop crying. And then every single time he's not crying, he has like this stoned look because they had to put somebody with a puppet off screen behind David Bowie for him to just chill because they pushed it too hard with the nap thing to get that cry. Yeah. I was actually about to say that. So in the scene where Toby is seated on Jarrett's lap, the baby has this like hypnotized look on his face. And um, that's because... David Bowie actually had a puppet on his hand and was holding it off screen and doing dumb things with his hand with this puppet. And the baby on his lap was just like hypnotized by this (laughs) puppet, looking up at this puppet that David Bowie was controlling. While (laughs) David Bowie was also like whispering into his ear, telling uh, Toby all of his like evil secrets. The puppet scene was sooty. And- Yeah, (laughs) it just like hypnotized the baby into silence. Uh, There there are a ton of other fun facts regarding the different puppets that they used in this film, um, but I'm not going to read them all because literally there's like a hundred of them. So if you are interested (laughs) in fun facts about the labyrinth, go to Wikipedia search or not Wikipedia, go to IMDb, go to the trivia page and read through the trivia for the labyrinth. Cause it's actually a bunch of really cool shit regarding all of the puppeteering that had to happen because this has probably more puppets than anything else that the Jim Henson company has been involved with. Like the dance magic dance scene alone had like 60 puppeteers 
plus a bunch of people inside costumes that were like the small goblins. It, it's like insane how many people, <laughs> how many puppets were in this. So go check those fun facts out and you will not be surprised. Or you will There's be surprised, nothing. I guess. I guess yeah. that was weird. <laughs> you will be surprised because how much cool shit went into making this film. All right. So who were your guys' favorite characters from this film? Let's start with Sarah. Uh, Emma made a face, so I feel like we should start with her. Okay, Emma. <laughs> oh, well, Jareth, obviously, but I loved Hoggle. He was a goober. Yeah. He was just... He was like your average, he follows the rules, but at the same time, he's like, fuck this shit. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that was my moment. <laughs> All right. So, <Sarah. laughs> honorable mention to Didymus, but yeah. Yeah. So, Sir Didymus is my favorite because um, he's so, uh, he's so like singularly focused and it's, it's pretty funny. And so now, I didn't know the bit about Monty Python, but I could totally see that. Like he was written like a, a knight character from Holy Grail, just like yep. we go this way, that way, sir, that way, you know, like that yep. kind of stuff. That was Didymus to a T. Oh yeah. If Didymus had been like coke, like just like clacking coconuts, like that yes. wouldn't have been out of place at all in this film. <laughs> I would have been proud. Like it was an African <laughs> swallow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have been shocked. Nope. Okay, so my favorite character in this movie is Ludo. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's all he's like I love that that big old thing. He's so just I don't know, fuzzy and cute. <laughs> and I want to cuddle him. Yeah, he's like he's so sweet, and he's just like Sarah friend. Oh, yes, Sarah <laughs> friend. Like I want to be your friend, Ludo. Um, my oh, second favorite character. Too. My friend. second favorite character is the tiny worm, the little blue worm Aww. with the red scarf. Like that yeah. shit's cute as fuck. He's cute, but he's a jerk. <laughs> oh well, yeah, but every character, most of the characters in this film are jerks. So yeah, <laughs> fine. All right. Uh, least favorite character, Emma. The mom. She was poop. She was not <laughs> nice. Like I get that she's the stepmom, but like. Fuck, you're mean. Yeah. And and yes, granted, Sarah was being a little whiny bitch. Yeah. But that's that's no place to just be like, all right, fuck you then. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I did not like her. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sarah. Um, I think my my least favorite is the junk lady because she's just I think she scared me a lot as a kid um so because she looks really weird <laughs> yeah she just has all that stuff around her i'm like eh. <laughs> yeah uh my least favorite character i actually have two uh for the first half of the movie my least favorite character is sarah because she is a whiny bitch for the first half she's just like yeah. i don't want to do this i can't remember my lines i i hate my <laughs> brother like bitch jesus shut up it was annoying and then she gets better in the second half when she finally you know when she realizes oh well no my brother's actually really important to me and i have to do all these things like i've got to save him and that's the only thing that matters um so she kind of redeemed herself but by the time she redeems herself i had already started disliking another character and i don't like sir didymus yeah um he was just like over the top for me 
Yeah. And that's the only reason I didn't really like him. It was just like, okay, dude, we get it, but you need to calm, calm down. And he yeah. was so overconfident about himself. He really was. And like obnoxious. in a way. Yeah. When they got into this, the, like the fight within the city and he was like, oh, well, I'm gonna, um, I can take on all five of you or 10 of you or however many like knights there were about to joust yeah. that he was about to joust with. He was just like, I can do this. And then clearly he didn't because <laughs> like, it was yeah, mess. And his overconfidence really that. like fucked, fucked up the plot in those instances. Yeah. Um, we so, can just call it overdidimousness. Yeah. So he was kind of annoying. I'm glad he was like the last person in the friend group to kind of yeah. add on because you spend the least amount of time with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, we're in like this world of goblins. So everyone's kind of like all the characters are kind of shit except for Ludo because he's yeah. just a big softy. There's not one point where Ludo was like, no, screw you, Sarah. Like you got to do this on your own. Right. Um, but like Hoggle does that and Sir Didymus kind of does that. Like I can be yeah. in control. I can be in charge or whatever. And I don't know. That's why Ludo's the best. <laughs> I Well, I mean, Ludo is literally the cutest thing. He's yeah. just, he is, like you said, he's like Sully. He's just big and goofy and fuzzy and derpy. And I love it. Ugh, yeah, a- I-, I need like a Ludo stuffed animal. Like a build a bear. Is that a thing? Like, is that if it's not, someone somewhere needs to make that a thing. Oh, I'm sure it was a thing in the 80s. Like, I'm sure somewhere online I could find like a 1985 Ludo doll or a Ludo like stuffed animal that exists. (laughs) (laughs) Ludo comeback. Oh man, speaking of stuffed animals, fucking Sarah at the beginning of this goddamn movie, where one of her like stuffed bears is missing and she fucking flips her lid i'm like bitch you're 16 yeah you're (laughs) 16 why is your covered in teddy bears dude the way she goes off too she's someone's been in here i hate that i hate it goes into her little brother's room who can barely stand up in the crib yeah he's like why are you touching my stuff and it's like Yeah, clearly he didn't take that teddy bear off your fucking shelf on the top of your wall. Like, what are you out here accusing your little non-self-sufficient kid brother? It was clearly your parents. Like, come the fuck on. (laughs) Such a fucking mess. Uh, She was a lot. Those are amazing, Sarah. (laughs) Beautiful random yoda glasses appear as a tradition yep (laughs) okay so seven word synopsis oh yay who wants to start i don't i only have two i'm sure emma has like 20 okay go ahead sarah (laughs) uh spoiled girl journeys to thwart goblin king Nice. nice and then david david bowie delivers sexual awakening for all that's yeah. true. That is accurate. <laughs> yep. Yep. He is tasty in and around all situations. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, I've got three. Uh, goblins are creepy. Worm was super cute. <laughs> um, 
I've been personally victimized by Bowie's codpiece. <laughs> <laughs> but you liked it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my last one, the helping hands are fucking nightmare fuel. Yes. yes. I will never forget the first time I saw the helping hands. I was like, hand, I am never touching another hand in my life because it's yeah. going to the face so and talk to me. <laughs> I didn't talk about it in my synopsis, but there is a point when Sarah is, she goes through one of the doors and she falls down this like hole. Yeah. And in the hole, there's hundreds of blue and green hands that catch her and are touching her and like are trying to help her and she asks they ask her if she wants to go up or down they like form faces with their hands and talk to her and are like (laughs) do you want to go up or down and she says down and then they just let her go well see her reasoning is stupid she says i guess down because i've already been up but you weren't actually up. You went through a door and fell. Like, what's on the other side of this pit that's up? Why would you go down? The castle's not down. You're an idiot. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. She did. She made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But those fucking hands were creepy as shit. Yep. Yep. Choices were made, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. I guess they made over 100 pairs of silicone hands to use oh. for this thing. And they just had, like, people. No. Huh. Yeah, just okay. terrifying. Like no. <laughs> no. All right, Emma. No. <laughs> See, okay, but since they're silicone, you know those things still exist somewhere. That's why I'm saying <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a tunnel somewhere in like the Jim Henson warehouse just fucking filled with hands no see it's probably in a storage unit and it's gonna pop up on like storage wars or some yeah. shit on discovery channel where somebody yeah. bids like and i bid three hundred dollars and then they three hundred dollars for this fucking unit and it's all hands <laughs> what i think would be really cool is okay so they they should make if it doesn't exist already they should make like a jim henson museum Mm-hmm. That has all the like old puppets that don't get used anymore. Stuff from Labyrinth, stuff from Dark yep. Crystal, things like that. All the stuff they've made for Star Wars in the past that doesn't get used anymore. Somebody's um, got to put that cod piece on display. Oh yeah, the full <laughs> costumes of Jareth and all the different things from all the different movies. They, you know, a Jim Henson museum, but the transitions between each room are the different transitions that happen in the labyrinth like you have to go through the door with the knockers or one of the hallways one of the hallways is just a tunnel and the hands are all over like the whole archway of the tunnel is the hands like that would be so fucking cool you know which way in that museum i'm not going through down that hallway precisely (laughs) but you have to to save your kid See, I'm gonna get a wrecking ball and go on the other side. Cause you know your kids already run through that tunnel. Like he's yeah, he's already He'd be like high five. All right. <laughs> no, but that would be really cool. Jim Henson yeah. Museum. Like somebody get on that. Somebody who works with the Jim Henson Company, like Disney. Since you own right. it now, like do it. Y'all got connections. Make it happen. Yeah, that'd be right. fucking cool. Um. Well, all right. I seven have- word synopsis, Emma. I have four. One of them is a quote. I'll call him Jareth. 
had my eyes because when he's holding the baby and he's like i think i'll call him jareth he has my eyes and i was like eh, all right yeah uh, and then teenage angst over new baby brings goblins yep and then my two alliteratives authentic amusement abounds around an angsty adolescent nice and then babysitting begins by bowie beckoning benevolent babe the babe with the power yeah <laughs> we didn't even talk about all these great musical numbers in the synopsis oh, we didn't <laughs> all right lay it on us sarah right. um oh no they're just they're super catchy and um you know i feel like that baby is on strings at some point because there's no way he's like holding himself up to dance and whatever oh but yeah that's <laughs> um, my favorite yeah, part I mean, go ahead my favorite parts in dance magic dance are when they clearly switch the baby to like a doll <laughs> Yeah. Like it's clearly a tiny Toby doll and they're just like fucking throwing it around and it looks like a rag doll because it's a fucking doll. Yeah. Because yep. his arms are just all Kermit. They're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. Yep. Yeah. But um, if you're going to have someone like David Bowie in your movie, you can't not have him sing. So I think there's like three, maybe four yeah. musical numbers. He does uh, the. He, he like sings them all. Yeah. He does the opening song, he does the end credit song. He does dance magic dance in the middle. Yeah. And I think there's one more the... in the movie. I'm sure there's one uh, more in the movie. I just can't think of what it is. I think it's in the, the dreamy yes. sequence when yeah. she's like, he's showing her the princess thing and he's singing yeah. to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. And he made two movies or two music videos to go along with this movie. Um, one was for the opening sequence the opening song and the other one was for the post credit song and both of them um involved the Jim Henson company in the actual music videos like they did a bunch of different um puppeteer work with for the music video and stuff that had like front with characters from the movie so yeah damn if you get a chance if you don't want to watch the movie labyrinth at least go to youtube and check out the song dance magic dance because that's the fucking best I love that. <laughs> yep. I love that song so much. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you guys think the budget for this movie was? Oh my gosh. It had to be uh, insane because of all those puppets. Yeah, there's a lot of puppets. Let's start with Emma. Keep in mind this movie came out June 27th, 1986. Hmm. Mm-hmm. ah yes helpful um (laughs) 21 dollary dues all right uh sarah man i was gonna say 20 (laughs) 20 million (laughs) 20 million okay actual retail price you guys were both very close 25 million dollars yeah yeah so a little bit more okay what do you guys think the box office was for this film well it had david bowie in it so it did have david bowie in it in the middle of the 80s right after his let's dance album came out uh 132 dollar dues all right sarah I'm going to say it wasn't as popular when it came out and now we all just love it. So I'm going to say it was like 60 million. OK, 
Okay, Sarah wins for being the closest, but neither one of you are anywhere near it. This movie made $12.9 million in the box office. That's terrifically unfortunate. So not even half of its budget back. And that's so sad because David Bowie was fucking masterful in this piece. Like really was. Like I don't care so much about uh the girl, Jennifer Connolly. Like yeah. she was okay. She was just like teen girl with problems. Um but like you're if you go to see this movie, you're really going to see it for David Bowie. And I'm sad that it only made like 13 million dollars. Like come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth more than that. All right. Does anyone have anything else to say about the labyrinth? Y'all should watch it. It's fucking great. Yeah, I agree. I'm good. (laughs) This movie's so fucking good. Uh, It's definitely a departure from the Muppets. It's not the happy singing, dancing, like we have a small problem. Let's all fix it together. Kind of movie. Um, It's crazy that ish, but the characters are much darker. You know, they're not brightly colored Muppets. They're like goblins and creepy things with fangs. And there's, you know, witches and stuff like things like that. It's all spooky and creepy. Um, Very reminiscent of Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. Also go check out Dark Crystal if you haven't seen that. That's also the thing of nightmares. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, go check out this movie. It's fucking great. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh don't forget, if you want to tweet us, you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. We have an email. You can email us at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook. It is Allentown Presents. Um, tell all your friends to listen to us because we love you. And thanks so much for listening. And we will see you again later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.